what we're going to be thinking about today, what we're going to be thinking about over the next few weeks, actually ties in very much uh, with the theme of this conference. I'm sure we're all aware uh, of what is being called the cost of living crisis. That we, not just nationally, but it seems like globally as well, there's a huge amount of pressure on people's finances, on their resources. Um, you know, we're kind of emerging out of lockdown and the, the effects and the impact of the pandemic and lots of other things going on as well. And what we have really felt as an eldership team is that as a, as a, as a church, we want to be as best prepared as we can be to love and support one another, but also to love and support our community and our town at this time as well. So we're going to be doing a a little bit of a series over the next few weeks that we've called Changed, and we're going to be thinking about what it is, actually what part do we have to play to be the change that we need to see, that needs to be happening, and we're going to be thinking in terms of changed, uh, changed churches, changed lives, and changed communities as well. And while we have just finished our song worship, actually there's another song that I wanted to bring today. Uh, It's not one that's known to Ian and Carrie, so I wasn't going to throw it upon them to lead us in it. But we're going to have a little video in a second that is just going to play this song for us. And this song is a very simple song. It's based on one verse that we find in the Bible, in the book of Micah, who was a prophet. So he spoke to the people on God's behalf. And at the time where this is written, Micah is accusing the leaders and the landowners of not treating their community well. They're accumulating wealth for themselves through unfair methods. They're uh, treading down people within their community in order to gain more for themselves. And this question comes up, this question Michael asks is, what is it then that God is looking for? What is it that God desires of his people? And in this song uh, that hopefully is going to play, all right, we hear God's answer to the people of what it is that he desires. And so we're going to play this and then we're going to have a little look at this, not just this week, but over a few weeks. So Hugh will be in one. Okay. Has anybody ever heard the term of an earworm before? Has anyone ever heard about an earworm? It sounds pretty gross, right? Like something you might need to go and see the doctor about, but it's not. At least my understanding of an earworm is either a song or a tune or a piece of music that just gets stuck in your head uh, and without even being aware of it, it just keeps repeating over and over to the point, you know, sometimes you just, I just want it to stop because it just keeps coming into my head. Uh, And I feel like actually that song has the potential to be an earworm, but in the very, very best way. Because what better for us to think about than God's desire for his people and what he desires for his people to do. So we just heard being sung and we read it in Micah 6 verse 8 that what God desires of people, what God desires of his people is to be those that do justice, that love mercy or kindness is another word we can use for that and to walk in humility. To walk humbly with God. And over three weeks, we're going to be looking at each of those things in part. So we're going to be looking at what it is to be a people who do justice this morning. And so we're going to be doing this on the weeks where we're having our all-in Sundays, where the children are in with us. So we're going to be looking at uh, do justice this week. And then in a couple of weeks' time, we'll look at 
um, loving kindness. But let's think then about what justice is. If we're to be those who do justice, we need to understand what justice is. And oftentimes we can, we can define words. Someone can give us a simple definition of what a word means, and that can be helpful. But I don't know about you, but oftentimes I find it helpful to see or hear it in action to help me to understand what something means, what a particular word is about. So, I want to share with you about someone and something they did that gives us a really good starting point for what it looks like to do justice and what justice is. And this guy's name is Nehemiah. And we hear of Nehemiah in 445 BC, so around, he was around 445 years before Jesus was born. And what we know of Nehemiah is that he served in the Persian king's uh, court. So he worked as a cupbearer for the king, King Artaxerxes, I believe his name was. And so he, that's where he found himself, working for a king of a nation that wasn't his. But what happens with Nehemiah is that he, along with some other people, including a man named Ezra uh, and some others, they were, I knew you were going to peek out from behind the chair there. Uh, they, and with some others, they led a group of, of, the, of Jews back to Jerusalem. But what had happened is that a lot of Jerusalem had been, had been destroyed. The walls had been knocked down. And what Nehemiah does with Ezra and some others is they go back, they take a group back to Jerusalem... And they rebuild. In one way, they rebuild the walls of the city. So they restore it in that way. But they also see the people restored in terms of their relationship with God. In bringing people back to God. Those who had been wandering and straying, he brings them back. But partway through this story of Nehemiah, we find that the people come to Nehemiah. And there's a group of people who are back in Jerusalem, and they come to him, and they're, they're just upset. Because others within their community had not been treating them well at all. You see, they were struggling to get enough money or get enough food to be able to provide meals for their families. But what was happening is that they were having to give away what they had. They were having to mortgage their land and their houses. Uh, they were having to even, in some cases, having to sell members of their family into slavery in order to have money to buy what they needed for food and to survive. They were being lent money, but those who were lending them money were charging them massive amounts of interest on top, so they had to pay back what they owed, plus another chunk on top, and for many it just wasn't possible. And so they come to Nehemiah, and they just pour out their hearts and say, this is where we are. We are struggling to survive. And what we have is being taken away from us. And Nehemiah is so angry about what he hears. And he calls the nobles and he calls a great gathering to himself. And he says, what you are doing is wrong. You should not be doing what you are. How can we do this to our own people? Those that actually we've brought back from slavery, why are you requiring people to then sell them back? This isn't right. And he says, uh, Nehemiah tells him, he says, I've, me and, and my people, me and my workers, we've loaned people money, but we haven't charged them interest. How can you expect them to pay that back? They're just going to get in a worse place than they were. He says, this is not okay. And he tells the people, 
He has such a good understanding of what is going on within that city. And he tells those who are repressing those in that city, he says, this needs to be put right. You need to return what has been taken. And whatever is owed, you need to forgive that debt. What happens is the people listen and they respond and they make a promise that actually they're going to change their ways and what they were doing. Nehemiah as well, he was a man who was actually had available to him so many resources. He had been appointed by the king as an overseer of Jerusalem and, and with that he was given allowances for food. He could have as much food as he wanted, but not once did he accept that offer. Instead, he, he used what he had. But he didn't keep it to himself. He shared it with others. He says, actually, he says over 150 people, over 150 people from among the Jews, from among the leaders, actually from people who are coming to visit from other nations, I've given them of what I have in order that they will not go hungry. And I will share with them. And Nehemiah, he says to, to the people, he says, have you, have you no fear of God? Do you not worry about what, what the, the nations around will say about who you are and about how you treat your people? And from that point on, things change. Because Nehemiah saw what was going on and he spoke to those in power and he told them what needed to change and it came about. And, as we, and then as we read through the rest of Nehemiah, we see just this restoration of the people back to God and live in the way that God had called them to. And this gives us a really good starting point for what justice looks like and what doing justice looks like. And I think in, in, with Nehemiah, we see two things. The first is this, is that he spoke truth to power. He stood in the place of those who had been not looked after. He stood in the place of those who were being taken advantage of and were not being cared for. He took care of those who other people were looking to exploit in order that they would have more. And he understood the situation. He listened to what was being shared with him. And then he went to those in power. He pointed out what was wrong. He told them what was needed to be done in order to put it right. And as he did that, things changed. Those who were vulnerable, those who were in need, were protected and cared for. Because Nehemiah saw the situation, he went to those in power, and he spoke the truth to them and told them what needed to change. Not only that, he also fed, as we said, at least over 150 people at his own expense. So he was a man who was doing justice not only through words, but also through action. He was someone who lived out the very thing that he was calling out in other people. He was saying, you are not to be those that exploit or take advantage of other people. And if you like, his lifestyle matched exactly what he was calling other people to. And this is partly what justice is about. Both of these things that Nehemiah did were driven by his love for God and driven by his love for the people. To be someone who would not stand by 
when people were not being loved well, when people were being taken advantage of. I found this out this week. Nehemiah, his name means God wipes away our tears. What a name. God wipes away our tears. And actually in Nehemiah playing the part that he did in the life of that nation, it's actually what what God was doing through him was wiping away the tears of the hurt and of the oppressed and the vulnerable. So it helps us to just start to understand what justice is about. Through the summer, we spent some time as a church, didn't we, thinking about what it is to love God and to love your neighbour as yourself. The things that Jesus himself said, these are the greatest things that you can give your life for, is to love God and to love your neighbour as yourself. If you do those things well, everything else will find its place within them. And the reason why I'm bringing that up, it's not like, hang on Sam, you're talking about justice and now you're talking about loving our neighbours. The reason why is because justice and love are actually closely linked. They're sort of interwoven together. Which is what we see in Nehemiah. As Nehemiah is bringing about justice, it's been driven by a love for the people. And a concern for the people and a care for the people. Recognising those who are most in need and most in harm. And then justice comes in. We can put it this way. Justice is love in action. Okay, Justice is love in action. And what that means is loving anyone in need. Loving anyone who is vulnerable. Loving anyone who is being oppressed. And that means that for God's people we are to be those who seek out the vulnerable. We go looking for those who are in those vulnerable places. Those who are being taken advantage of them. Those who have needs that are needing to be met. What that means is that, just like Nehemiah, we're to be those who work for change. Where we see that change needs to come about. The people came to Nehemiah, didn't they? They said, something is broken It needs to change. Nehemiah didn't just say, oh, he didn't just have sympathy for them and to recognise it, but he knew that actually justice meant change coming about. So actually, for followers of Jesus, we need to be those who work for change. We need to be those who advocate for others. What that means is that we need to sort of stand in the gap for others where they're not able to stand up for themselves, perhaps, or be able to see the change come about in their lives. They can't do that for themselves, but actually we're to advocate for them, to stand there on their behalf, to present their case on their behalf. But not only that, we're also meant to meet needs wherever we can. All of that is about justice, and all of it is about loving our neighbours as we love ourselves. See, the call on God's people, the call on followers of Jesus, the call on this church is to be those who are creating a society where the most disadvantaged and the most vulnerable are supported and cared for. That's the, that is the call on us. This isn't a side project for a few who are interested in these issues. It's not. We all have a part to play in this, to be creating a society where the most disadvantaged and the most vulnerable are supported and cared for. If we apply it 
to the times we're in now and the situations we're in now. You know, Nehemiah, he understood the situation in Jerusalem. He did his homework. He really understood exactly what was going on. So when he went to those in power, he was able to speak directly into what was wrong, but also to give solutions as to what was the right, the right way out of it. And I know I mentioned Jubilee Plus just a moment ago who host this conference. They've produced some brilliant resources uh, actually for us in this cost of living crisis time, as it's being called. And actually one of the things that they're hugely passionate about is that Christians, followers of Jesus and the church should be at the forefront of speaking truth to power. And what that means is that for some, it means with what is going on in our nation at the minute, we need to do our homework. We need to really understand what is going on. And we need to look for opportunities to be those who speak the truth to those in power. That might mean writing letters to, to our MPs. It might be having conversations with our local councils and local authorities to be able to say where we see where things are broken, but also being able to speak solutions in as well. But if our voice isn't heard, how is it going to get heard? So it's a challenge, a provocation for us. But Nehemiah, he's not an isolated in, in, uh, instance of justice throughout the Bible. As we've mentioned already, Micah, this was something that God clearly spoke to him about. The, desire, the God's desire for his people to be those who do justice. But the theme of justice weaves right throughout scripture as well. Now I've got a little uh, thing for the children to be doing, to be thinking. Uh, look, just, just wait a second, I'll just explain what, what we're going to be doing. Just wait a second and then you can help. Uh, there's a table at the back with paper and with some scissors. What I would love the children to do is to get some paper, come back, bring it back to their seats. And then I want you to draw around your hand... And within that hand, I want you to write about what are some of the ways in which we can help people in need. And then maybe I want you to draw some speech bubbles as well. And I want you to write in there, thinking about actually who are some people that need someone to speak up for them. Maybe there are people in your life who you know need someone to speak up for them. So I'd love you to do that. So draw around your hand, write some ways in which we can help people in need. Draw some speech bubbles. Who are some people that needs someone to speak up for them. Then you, I would love you to cut them out and then there'll be a time a bit later on where we'll get to stick them down. And we're gonna build up this beautiful picture of the things that we can be doing as God's people. But while you're doing that, maybe parents, adults around, if you can be helping with that. I just wanna pick up on, the, on what I just mentioned, that the theme of justice weaves right throughout scripture. It's not just one or two isolated incidents, it's right throughout. And actually we see it in Jesus, don't we? Think about the life of Jesus. Think about who he spent time with. Who did Jesus seek out? Did he seek out the powerful? Did he seek out those who uh, really didn't seem to have any need? No, Jesus sought out the most vulnerable, the most marginalised, the most overlooked and the most unloved people. Because what Jesus saw, and actually this is absolutely central 
to justice is this, is that Jesus saw in every single person the image of God. If we view people as those who are made in the image of God, then I think what will flow out of that from us is this desire for justice and this desire for kindness among them. Jesus spoke against the structures and the powers of the time, but his expectation is that his followers also do the same. Okay, in Matthew 25, he tells uh, this story of what will happen uh, at the final judgment. And in there, we see, so I'm going to read from verse 20, 40, from verse 40 to 45. Jesus says this, that the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these brothers, you did it to me. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me. You cursed into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they will also answer, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry, or thirsty, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister to you. And then he will answer them, saying, Truly, I say to you, as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. See, Jesus' heart is that actually flowing from the love that we have for him, is that we would love our neighbour as ourselves. That when we see those who are hungry, that we would feed them. When we see those who are sick, we would visit them in hospital. When we see those without material need, we would provide what they need. Why? Because when we do it to them, it's essentially like we're doing it to Jesus. We're doing it for God himself. Such is God's heart. We see in Nehemiah, as we look at Nehemiah as an example of justice, if you like, these are, these are big examples of justice. In that we've got this man who is standing up against the powers and authorities of the time and calling them out and instructing them to change. He's talking about how he's fed and cared for over 150 people. These are big examples that are maybe making us sit here and think, me? Would God call me to do that? God might call some of us to do those sorts of things that Nehemiah did, but actually there are everyday examples as well of meeting need. Caring for those who are not being well loved and are not being well cared for. Seeking to stand in the gap for those who need someone to stand up for them. Just very quickly, I'd like you to turn to the person next to you, a few people next to you. We, I just want you to answer the two questions that we'd ask the children. What are some of the things that we can do to meet the needs that people face? And also, who... Who are the people that we know or the groups of people that we're aware of who actually need someone to stand up for them? I'd say think about the time that we're in as well with the cost of living crisis that is going on. It's, it would be very easy for us to go away from here without actually necessarily thinking this through in terms of what does that look like for us. So I just want to provide us with a couple of minutes. Just chat with someone nearby, just very quickly. Who is someone or group that you're aware of that needs someone to stand up for them? 
and what are some of the things that we can do to meet the needs that people face? Okay, if you'd just like to be drawing those conversations to a close. So I said it was just going to be a brief time. I don't want, I don't want to cut things short to kind of frustrate anyone, but actually to serve as just a bit of a, a conversation starter for conversations that go beyond this morning. Because I think if we are to be a people who are those who do justice, that means that when we're going about our everyday life, we need to be looking for opportunities in order to do that. And we need to be looking for situations where we are able to act in a just way or to bring justice into it. And I would imagine actually the kind of things that we're talking about would probably, there'd be quite a diverse array of answers because actually we're probably all very passionate about different things and aware of different things. But there's a lot of need that needs to be met. There's a lot of people that need to be cared for. Let's talk about Jesus again. You know, God has given us a gift. He's given us the life of Jesus. God sent his son, Emmanuel, he called him, didn't he? God with us. God come to dwell among his creation and among his people, was Jesus what most people were expecting? He wasn't. A lot of people were expecting a, a, a mighty warrior, one who would come and, and uh, physically bring down powers and governments and authorities. But Jesus stood with the vulnerable. Jesus stood with the weak. Jesus stood with the poor and the oppressed. Yet in Jesus, God too became poor, became oppressed and became a victim of injustice. Tim Keller so helpfully puts it like, puts it like this. He says, not only did Jesus suffer for us, but he also came in order to suffer with us. To stand with those who suffer. And at the heart of the gospel, at the very heart of the gospel, we see that the judge becomes the judged. As Jesus comes to those unable to save themselves and he pays the debt that their sin had brought them. Restoring to the Father all those who would believe in him. At the cross, we see the most incredible display of what doing justice looks like. But actually, in, in as much as Jesus stood in the place of the most vulnerable and the most needy, and those who are unable to do anything to help themselves, Nehemiah, God who wipes away our tears. And he does that by doing justice on behalf of the people. But that is what Jesus does for us. Jesus, God wiping away our tears through the gift of grace and the gift of the promise 
of eternity with the Father. So let's look to Jesus as our example. Let's look to Jesus as the one who's made it possible for us to live in the way that God has called us to. What he desires is that his people would be those who are those who do justice. This will take thought. It will take a lot of prayer. But you know what it also requires? Action. Justice won't just come about by thinking about it. Actually, it requires action on our behalf. But what a privilege we have. What an absolute privilege we have to be able to stand with those who need someone to stand with them. I'd love to pray for us. I might invite you to stand. I just want